Okay, let's let's begin with the clouds. Let's see how far we get today. I'm probably not going to get finished with what I did here this week. Um, but let's start with the clouds. And I want you to realize now, when I talk about the clouds, the further we go, probably from next week onwards, I'm going to touch on the stuff that's going to rattle your cages a bit in what you believe. Okay? But remember, the, the reason I'm doing this, not to point out the error, is for you to point out the beauty in this that God is doing and going to do. All right. So, I want to focus on the clouds. You will be amazed to see how many times the Bible speaks about clouds. Now, if you listen to the snake, he will take clouds and just talk about clouds and think it's a natural thing, which it is, but he can't, the, the snake can't take you deep into the cloud, but the Holy Spirit can. He placed the teachings of clouds in the Bible for a reason, the Holy Spirit. But you need the Holy Spirit to hear why the Holy Spirit placed it in your Bible. You can't not, you cannot figure it out with your brain. It's not humanly possible. That's why when you read books in, the, in Kuman and those places about certain topics, you will see each one differs than the other because it comes from the mind, not from the spirit. Alright, so I'm going to take you on a journey in your Bible to point out certain things as we go along. And I'm going to specifically go to the New Testament and I'm going to look at words in the New Testament, their meaning. Remember, we're not, I'm not talking to babies just now. So that's why I'm going to go with meanings because you need to grow. A baby don't need to know meanings. He just needs to lay hands on people and get them saved. But when you grow deeper, this helps you in your relationship with the Lord. So I'm going to look at words when he arrives, say comes. I'm going to look at those words, wieder comes. What is in English? Um, he's coming. Uh, I'm going to look at those words to see the meaning. What does it actually mean, those words, in the Greek and in the Hebrew? Which if I only do it in the Greek, they're going to say, oh, you only use the Greek. And if I use Hebrew, they're going to say, oh, you only use Hebrew. All right, we're going to look at that. Um, and we're going to analyze those words to see what does it really mean when it was written there. All right? So, we really need the Holy Spirit's guidance in this stuff um, to, to truly understand it. We need, we need that, the Bible speaks about the late rain for the harvest. We need the Holy Spirit. Why am I saying the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit in your Bible is a picture of water. It says that even in your Bible. It's a type, a picture of water, Holy Spirit, and of the Word. Your Bible says that, not me. All right? So, in order to get a storm for this late rain, what first needs to happen before the storm for the late rain can come? Clouds need to gather. Clouds in the natural needs to gather. Wolken moet by mekaar kom voor a storm kan kom. That's how it works. God made it that way. In the Bible it says for the, we need the late rain, that storm for the harvest. Why? Because clouds first need to gather before the big harvest can be gathered. Alright, that already should rattle you to think what, what's going on here. Alright, so when I do this, I'm going to do it with Christ in mind, you know, with His coming, the, the day of the Lord. So we're going to look at it that way. And I'm going to take you through the scriptures. Now, I'm going to start with Revelations 11:19. 19. Revelations 11:19. 19. 
And I'm going to look at five characters a storm has. Any storm has got five characters. It says it here in Revelations. And the temple of God was opened in heaven. Okay, hear what they're saying here. The temple gets opened. I don't know if I must go there now. Um, who's the temple? You. Not the one coming down the clouds of buildings that you believe, but that the, that the snake taught you. The Bible says you are the temple. But anyway, I'm not going to go there now, but just keep that in mind. And the temple of God was opened in heaven. So there was, there's one in heaven being opened now. And there was in his temple the ark of his testament. And there was lightning and voices and thunderings and earthquakes and great hail. Now, man, if you read this in the natural, it makes no freaking sense. Why is those things there? Because that's a storm. But what has it got to do with, with God opening up a temple in heaven? But I want to see you. This, this that is happening here, it says that there were lightning, voices, thunderings, earthquake, and hail. Five things for this storm when the temple gets open that must happen. Now, without pointing fingers, again, I keep on saying this because I get accused so many times of this. You were taught hail is going to hit the earth. I've listened to those teachings. I've learned the teachings. Because there's going to come devastation. These big hailstones are coming, come down and hit the earth. And, huh? They take it naturally. Thunder and lightning is going to hit the earth. Earthquakes. When, oh, there's a lot of earthquakes happening now. So it's, it's the end times. Yeah, there is going to happen earthquakes. But that's not what they're talking about here. It's talking spirit here. Not in the literal sense. Alright. So, let's look at these five things. Let's see how far we get with these five things. Maybe we get through all of them today, but I want to do it in half an hour. First one, lightning. We just read the first one in those five things were lightning. Alright, so. Number one, lightning. I want to see you in the order it is written, it's for a specific way. Number one to number five. Even the details in the numbers they mentioned in your Bible. That's how the Holy Spirit works, in the detail. And we always say, no, God's a God of order, yes, but there's no order in a storm, but there is order. And it's in a specific way, even though you can't stop it or make sense out of a storm. That's why the reform people love pointing fingers to the, to the charismatics and say, oh, they're too busy, that's not God's order. No, you can't control God, but there is still order in the disorder. But we reform people don't realize that. But anyway, that's going to take me on a side journey. I don't want to go there. Number one. The number one is the number of God. He's one. It points to the source, the origin of the storm that's going to come. God. He's the source, the origin of where the storm is going to come. Jesus says the following. For as the lightning cometh, out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. That's the day of the Lord. It says there, uh, for the lightning come from the east. Just a side note, that east. Just to show you how you must read your Bible. It says it, when he comes, he's going to come from the east. From what side does the sun come up in the morning? 
and he's called the son. When the wise men came to Jesus when he was two years old, from what side did they come? In the east. It's pointing to Christ. When the gates of the garden in Eden were closed, there was a sword, not an angel with a sword. The, your Bible says there was a sword and two angels standing guard. And what side of the garden was the gate? On the east. There's detail in all these things. It is showing and pointing to the coming of Christ. Here it says, for the lightning cometh out of the east. So on the day of the Lord when he comes, lightning is going to come from the east. And it's not lightning in the natural. We're talking spirit here. There's not going to hit lightning in the sky on the east. We're talking spiritually. Rapture takes these things and make it in the literal sense. And they're missing the beauty that's going on here. What's the main feature in lightning I said there? Light. Light. It's funny. Who's the light now? You. And Jesus. It stands for divine illumination, inspiration, or receiving revelation knowledge. That's the meaning of lightning in your Bible. I can sometimes see when somebody speaks to me and a lightning strikes him. And he will all of a sudden speak something that comes from the spirit, not from his mind. Then I know a lightning strike just shot him. A spark came. It's funny, we see that in the cartoons, eh? The little spark light goes on on the head. <laughs> but we Christians don't get that. We, we don't see that. We struggle with that. We think it's a, a natural light that's going to hit the sky. I want you to see, look deeper into this stuff. Why it's written the way it's written. So... Where does the lightning come from? From God. Then, um, Jesus, they was So, just a side note. Whenever you read in your Bible, something is coming from the East. In whatever story you're busy with, just check. They're most probably talking about Jesus. Because it says here, that's how he's going to come one day. They're pointing towards Jesus. And there's a lot of places in the Bible you will see it speaks about something coming from the East. Because it's not literally, it's pointing to Jesus. Alright? So, let's continue. Psalm 97. These lightnings light the world. The earth sees it and trembles. Alright, Afrikaans say, Bliksems verlicht die wereld. Die aarde sien dit en bewe. Then we say earthquakes. Right? We're going with the earthquakes. So, lightnings. I said to whose lightning is this? this die, die, in Afrikaans, die bliksems. Wie sinne is dit? It's God. It's his lightning, it's just said it. So, who's the source of this lightning? God. Alright? What is lightning? Revelation knowledge. It's a revelation, a spark that goes off. Alright? Um, I said here, when Jesus walked with his disciple, um, and he asked him, who do they say I am? We've spoken about that bit now a long time. He asked him, who do the people say I am? He asked his disciple. Um, what you need to remember, I've said this before, when Jesus walked with his disciples, he didn't have a halo on his head, 
It didn't look like that. Sometimes we, I think we, 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 when we saw it in our children Bible, we keep that image in our heads. He didn't look like that. He wore sandals. His feet smelled the same than the other disciples' feet. He didn't have holy feet in the sense that it didn't get dirty. You would not have known which one was Jesus and which one was a disciple. He looked exactly like them. That's why I say, if Jesus had to walk in here today, he will wear a, a jean and tackies and a t-shirt. He will not wear his white robe. Because that's what we wear today. He wore the clothes of that day. He's not going to wear that day's clothes today. You don't do that. I don't see you wearing 1950s clothes today. Alright, so he was dirty and smelly like everybody else. He wasn't this holy glowing ball walking around. So there was no difference in that sense. And in the beginning when the disciples followed Jesus, they followed him in the beginning for one reason. They thought he was the rebel leader they wanted. That's going to dethrone the Romans. They saw him as this rebel leader and that's why they followed him. They didn't think he was that holy in the beginning. But as he started teaching them, the revelation came. Okay? But in the beginning they thought he was a brilliant, going to be a brilliant rebel leader to make war against the Romans. That's why they followed him. So he was a hope to get rid of the Romans for them. Matthew 16, 13. Years ago, what I just said. Jesus asked him, who do the people say I am? When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do the men say that I, the son of man, am? Who's he asking here? The men. Okay, he's asking the men here. In Afrikaans, he says, and he streke van Caesarea Philippicum, for I say, disciples, and say, we see the men that act this in for men is. Now, next verse. He said to them, but who do you say I am? So he changes, makes it more personal. First he asks what the people are saying. Who am I? But they don't have an answer for him. They say, some think you, John the Baptist, some think you, this and that. And he says, okay, let's, let's bring it down. What do you say? Who am I? These guys he's been working with now for a while. He wants to see, are they, is he, are they still thinking he's the rebel leader? Or are they getting it? Alright? And I want you to see a lightning is going to strike here. In this question, there's going to come a lightning strike here. Revelation knowledge, I just said, from the source. Simon Peter, Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. A lightning strike just hit Peter without being ready for it. He received divine revelation immediately. And he, Jesus even says that, that that you just said, comes from my Father, the source. You see what a lightning strike does? It brings a revelation visibly here so that it can hit you. And when a revelation hits, I'm going to talk about now, it can be released. Alright? So the moment this lightning struck Peter, he had a revelation that he didn't have a second ago. And he spoke this revelation out. So immediately after this lightning strikes him, there came a sound out of Peter. He spoke. Trust me, when you get a revelation, and you're not going to be able to shut up. You're going to struggle to keep quiet when you realize something that the Lord just dropped in your spirit. 
Alright? So, all of a sudden, Peter became the mouthpiece of God. Could God just go there and say, I, well, this is my son? Yes, he could. But he chose a disciple, Peter, to do this. Through Peter. And he released this lightning onto Peter. And immediately Peter opened his mouth. And he's declaring what he just heard. This, that, that you heard it here, but nobody could hear it here. When you get a revelation, it eats here. It's not heard. You can't hear it. It's not audible. So immediately he spoke this out because he had to release this thing that happened in here. This explosion that happened in here. When I was younger and I sat with Umyani in his, in his Bible school, if I have to tell you how many times I sat there and something exploded in me, it did happen. I hope some of you also get that lightning strikes when you sit here and you, you realize something. It happened with me so many times and I would start crying or I want to speak in tongues because there's nothing else I can do because of that impact of that lightning eating me. That's what lightning does. Jesus honestly said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Alright? I want to give you another one. I just want to see if I've got it here. Matthew 11. Here we see the Pharisees standing with Jesus. Yo, it's time going that far. The Pharisees, remember, they thought of the Gentiles as a dog or a pig. A dog must be outside, according to them. Not in the house. Be outside. That's how they thought of the people. They thought of them as um, pigs. Why? What is the nature of a pig? In those days, you will find the pigs on the outside outskirts of the town at the rubbish heap. That's where they stayed, the pigs. And they were the garbage disposal for that city, for that town. So everybody would dump their rubbish on a one spot outside of a town because all the pigs are there and these pigs would clean the rubbish. That's what they do. That's what they were made for by God, to clean the rubbish. So everything that was rotten would get dumped there dead bodies will get dumped there and bodies of little children girls will be dumped there outside of town and the pigs ate it all that's how they got rid of the bodies if they didn't want to bury it they would dump the little girls bodies just outside in that on the rubbish heap and the pigs will eat them why little girls because back in those days only boys could bring them income and work they don't want that much girls it was not seen as a, as a good investment a girl. So they would just kill a girl when they're born and throw them on the heap, okay? That's unfortunately how the culture worked back then. There's still cultures today that actually does that. But yeah, that was the work of pig. And we love our pig meat, eh? And like our fark choppy. Hmm? That's why they were made the way they were made. That's how they can eat all that stuff and you enjoy their old fark choppy. Alright. They were the cleaning services of the day, the pigs. But that's how the Pharisees saw the Jews and all the other people. They saw them as pigs. That's the image they had of them and dogs. Kick them outside. Don't have to worry about them. Alright? I mean, even today, if you go into the rural areas, who's cleaning around their houses? They have pigs. On a farm, where do the farmers throw all their old food and stuff that they're not using? Their stuff of, of the crops of the land they can't use that's spoiled. Well, they give it to the pigs. Alright? That's the function they have there. 
But Jesus here immediately knew what these Pharisees were thinking, that the people are pigs and dogs and all that. And he starts to pray. Uh, am I at the right place now? Yeah, yeah. At that time, Jesus also said, I thank you, Father, Lord of, of heaven and earth. So who's he thanking? The Lord of heaven and earth. So remember the, what's playing off here. These Pharisees are standing and thinking everybody's dogs and pigs. Nothing. And Jesus knows this and he, 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 he quotes this prayer. Or he, he recites this prayer, but Jesus was very deliberate when he did something. He wasn't very gentle sometimes when he did something. And he goes in front of these Pharisees and he prays this prayer. And at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them unto the babes. So he's saying to these Pharisees, these educated people, in a prayer so they can't take him on, that, shame, these clever guys, thank you, Lord, for not showing them the revelation. You're showing it to the pigs and the... And the dogs, your revelation, is what it's actually saying there. He's actually taking the Pharisees straight on, was saying to them, you're missing it because you, 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 are, you are looking at your knowledge and you're missing it because you didn't get a lightning strike. But he goes to the source when he does this. The source must give the lightning strike. He goes to the Father to say this. In Afrikaans, in Dalitai, did Jesus speak and say, Ek loof u vader, heren, van die hemel en aan. See, he's pointing to the source. Who's he speaking to? And he, he, he's telling the source, that u hierdie dinge verberg het van weise en verstandige. And those Pharisees was die weise en die verstandige, man, and they were known for that. And I say, he so, ach, dankie, heren, het net weggehou van hulle af. En heren, het vir hulle geef, en aan die kinderkies geopenbare. Do you see the difference? How subtle but very directly Jesus was saying something here to these guys that think they know it all because they've got religion. They know the scripture, but they don't realize they've got a veil over their eyes. That's why they don't see it. And Jesus is very deliberate here and saying, thank you Lord for not giving it to them. Now here, Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power, and we know this, but in the Bible, those that have been in discipling for a while. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Alright? It says that you will become witnesses. A disciple becomes a witness of whom? Jesus. That's why I say, when I see you act, I want to see Jesus in you. Because you're a witness. It's the number two we're talking about now. The second thing. Two meaning witness. Everywhere in your Bible you say you see always two together. Witness. What are you taught in discipleship? How many of you must go out together? Two. Everything works in twos in your Bible. Witnessing. Because there's got to be a witness of Christ when we, we operate. I said to you, when you receive a lightning strike, you as a person from the Lord, I guarantee you in that area where you're operating, you will become a testimony of the Lord. People will see there's something different in you when you receive lightning. It's a, it's a given. It will happen. Christ must always be when, you, when you're busy outside in your workplace where you are illuminated. Because why must God be illuminated in everything you do? Because what is His purpose at the end of the day? To bring His glory. His Son, His glory to the earth. Christ is a many-membered body 
and we are the members of that body. Alright? So if Christ speaks, he's got a corporate voice. You will hear those in the it comes out of the charismatic churches, they love using this corporate body thing in their teachings. But what it means is we are corporate body, so it's a many membered body speaking one thing. Alright? There's one thing being spoken. And the one thing must be Christ. The point to Christ, this corporate. And Christ will speak through the, his body, not through religion. Remember all the stuff I showed you in the beginning of the snake? Christ will not speak through that. It says it. He will not speak through that. Alright? The focus must be Christ as we are witnesses of Christ. It says in Acts 1. In a lot of places in your Bible, in the Old Testament, if you go look there, God spoke to his people. Um, let's take for instance, I got here Elijah. When he spoke to Elijah, he spoke to him through what? wind, a wind blew and he spoke through Elijah with the Israelites in the desert through what did he move a cloud, fire God spoke and brought what he wanted to do, how they must follow him through that thing um, so God spoke in a lot of places through cloud these places he spoke, we spoke about one recently, when Moses went up the mountain out of what did the voice come out of a cloud Moses, when he was in the desert, out of what did God speak there? A burning bush. Alright? He used physical things to speak through God because he's spirit. Alright? So, in the New Testament, this cloud upon Mount Sinai, which through God spoke that I just said, Moses witnessed, this cloud speaking when he was on the mountain, Mount Sinai. Listen carefully to what I'm saying now. You must get this. This cloud on Mount Sinai, through which God spoke to Moses to see the glory in the Old Testament, moved. And in the New Testament, the cloud got a name. And his name is Jesus. The cloud became a person. Jesus. And all of a sudden on the earth, God doesn't speak through the wind through the bushes anymore he speaks through one person Jesus a shift happened you will not read in the New Testament he spoke through this so he spoke through that no he spoke through his son that things all those images that was in the Old Testament became a person Jesus and he spoke in his and a voice came to the earth Jesus God's from the from the source um, in Revelation 11, 9 that I read in the beginning, and the temple of God was opened in heaven and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and earthquake and great hail. When a lightning strikes EQ on the day of the Lord, on the day of the Lord, in the, when he comes, you will become co-creators with God. Like Adam was in the beginning in the garden remember I said it so many times when Adam gave an animal a name if he said you are a lion he didn't give him the name L-I-O-N he gave everything a lion does in, the, in nature he spoke that into the lion he created the lion your Bible says with God 
Why could he do that? Because he had the lightning, the full revelation of God in him. So when he spoke, God spoke directly through him. You're going to do that one day. If you stay in your relationship with the Lord. And if you are willing to learn. You cannot take if you're not willing to learn. Because he looks at what, how, how are you acting here now. Are you teachable or not? So you're going to be a co-creator. You will speak life into t- people, life into towns, into cities. Because he's going to work directly through you. Like he did with his son Jesus. So, you actually are going to become, like Jesus, the voice piece of God on this earth. Not fly away. The harvest needs to come. And you are going to be like a Peter standing there and a lightning strike is going to hit you. And you're going to speak full revelation out of the throne room to people and bring them in to the kingdom. We're not there at all. In discipleship, we're not there at all. But we're growing and learning to get to that place. Alright? Um, I'm just going to finish this one. And then I'm going to leave the next two for next week. There's a short one, the number three. The third thing that was on there. Remember the first one, the lightning strikes? And because of the lightning, sound comes. Have you ever seen lightning in the natural? You will see it hits there and then you wait. And then the rumbling comes. Alright, it's the same order that's written in your Bible. That's why your Bible wrote it that way because that's how it happens in the natural. But the third one is thunder. You hear that sound, that, 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 that the thunder, the, what it does. Like Donnerschlag. So lightning comes after this, the this, this sound that it comes. Three is symbolic of when something is real or complete. The number three for the Jews was a very important number as it is a divine number. God is in it. It speaks about divine completeness, divine perfection. The number three. So, I said here, what is the result if you receive a lightning strike and you receive a revelation knowledge and you speak from the revelation? You speak from the complete perfection of Christ. Get this. Let this hit you like a lightning strike, what I just wrote there. What is the gevolg as jy a welig straal ontvang when you get that revelation? And you ontvang openbaringskennis and you spreek it. Because remember, the second one was to release. Speak it. First one, you receive it. Then you speak it. And when you speak that revelation, jy praat uit die volkome volmaaktheid van God, van Christus. So when a lightning strike, when Peter said that thing, when Peter received the lightning, he spoke it, and when he spoke it, they knew, and even Jesus says it, you heard that, that's perfect divine revelation from the Father that you're releasing on the earth. One day, when you speak on the day of the Lord, you're going to speak divine revelation onto the earth. So things are going to happen, God's in it. Alright? It's going to be supernatural things. Like in the Old Testament, God would speak to the bush. But the bush burns, but it doesn't die. It doesn't wither away. It keeps burning. It just stays a bush. Have you ever thought of that? That bush didn't burn. Then it's gone and all burned out. That bush just stayed there and it was burning. It didn't burn out. Something divine is happening. Supernatural is happening there. Alright? So... I'm going to stop here now. I'm not going to go on with number four. Number four is earthquakes. We'll continue with that next week. The earthquake and the hail.
It's a lack of wonder hail. But I want you to see, we're talking about clouds here, and we want to see why is this in the Bible so important, and why did the enemy pollute that so brilliantly, so that we don't see this, what's going to happen with the clouds. But I said, for a storm to happen in the natural, you need clouds to gather. If there's just a little cloud there and a little cloud there, there's no storm. They need to gather before the rain comes. All right, the big rain. I mean, you can ask any farmer. They will, what is the farmer's, where does a farmer look 99% of the time? Up. Where's the clouds coming? Because they know when the clouds are going to rain, life will come on the earth. The crops will grow. And here in the Bible, in Revelation, in Revelation 11, it gives you a glimpse of the day of the Lord. What's going to happen? But you must see it spiritually. Then it's so much more beautiful. And we spoke now about the first three things, the lightning, the light that must come, the revelation, so that you can speak it. We sometimes get it now, a little revelation, but it doesn't happen as much as we want to. Let's be honest. Some of you sitting here has never even had that yet. But you can, if you grow in your relationship, it will happen. You get this lightning strike that hits you, that comes straight from the Father. And you don't know, how have I ever, I've never thought of it, a thing this way, now I understand it. And then the thunder will come, the sound, that, that perfection out of that thing will show that this is from God, it's divine, it's from God. Alright, so next week we're going to continue with the earthquake, what does that mean? Because that's the next thing that the psalm says is going to happen. The earthquake what's going to come. Alright, so we'll continue with that and take it further. And like I said, this is only an introduction of the clouds, of what's to come. And we're going to talk a lot of places about the clouds and the role a cloud play in the nature, because it plays exactly the same in the spirit, spirit side of things. That's why the Bible has got the clouds in there, so those that are working through the spirit will pick up what the Lord's saying through their divine revelation. Alright, so I've given you a glimpse of how to read your Bible also today. To see, don't look at the natural, go ask the questions, they're all in your Bible. All the explanations are in your Bible. They will be mentioned in the Old Testament everywhere. The Holy Spirit knows exactly how to do it. But I want you to see, even in the mentioning of the five things, the order they're mentioning plays a huge role. That's how much detail the Holy Spirit's got in the Bible. That's what makes the Bible way more beautiful than just the normal beauty that it's got in the, in the literal sense of reading it. All right.